This podcast was recorded during the 2023 WGA and SAG after strikes. Without the labor of the writers and actors currently on strike, the material being covered here wouldn't exist. Welcome to the Artie's Attic Warehouse 13 fan cast, where a steampunk girl, a lifelong sci-fi fan, and a rocket scientist chat about the popular 2009 sci-fi series. There's never a dull moment with the agents dedicated to protect humankind from unexplained phenomena that manifest their powers in special objects. And there's all those friendships and relationships along the way. Grab a cookie while you can. Hope you don't smell fudge. Gear up with your Farnsworth Tesla and Neutralizer. And let's have some fun by snagging it, bagging it, and tagging it. Welcome back to Artie's Attic Warehouse 13 Fancast. I'm the Warehouse 13 janitor. I'm SP. Somebody has to mop up after all Pete's ping pong sweat on the floor, right? And with me is Agent Shannon from such notable fandoms as Joanne Kelly, Jamie Murray, and Pat Barrel. Ooh, that's a lot of good. They're all like a foreigners, like Cat Cat Barrel. Barrel. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm a fangirl. I'm a fangirl. Everybody knows this is not a secret. And also joining us in her second ever podcast, unless she started Woo-hoo! moonlighting behind our backs, is longtime sci-fi fan, Agent Carolyn. No, you, you guys are my only podcast, so don't worry. All right. We'll fix that. See. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, if you want a podcast about something else, as long as we got SP to mop up after us, well, I'm good. Yeah, you might have to find another janitor. No, we're going to keep you. Okay. <laughs> But you do such a great job. We want to keep you. We're going to keep you. I do a job. Let's put it that way. <laughs> On this show, we're going to continue our discussion of the streaming, disappearing streaming service series that premiered before there was FaceTime. We're talking about Warehouse 13 Season 1, Episode 2, Resonance. And it premiered on July 14th, 2009 on the Sci-Fi Channel. You guys know who directed this? No. Vincent Misciano, he has 45 directing credits starting in 1998. Just listen to a few of these, right? One episode of Ally McBeal, one episode of Ed. I liked Ed. Did you guys ever watch Ed? No, but I did watch Ally McBeal, and I really liked Ally McBeal. I watched Mr. Ed. Okay, (laughs) Okay. totally different, and you (laughs) would know all the actors from Ed because they've been in other sci-fi stuff along the way. Five episodes of West Wing, four episodes of 4400. Five episodes of Law and Order, three episodes of Prison Break, two episodes of Warehouse 13. We're going to see him again in Implosion, which is episode seven. One episode of Arrow. I've talked about him before because I podcasted about Arrow on season one, episode four, An Innocent Man. Two episodes of The Blacklist. I have not seen The Blacklist, but I know a lot of people enjoy it. You guys? I have. I have seen The Blacklist. It's good. Final season. I just finished the final season. I definitely think he went out the way he wanted to. It was it was good. I mean, the whole thing's, I don't know. Last season was a little weird for me, but it was good. All right. I'm not done yet. 
One episode of Agent Carter, season one, episode seven, Snap Boo. Mm-hmm. And Shannon, this is another one of your ladies, Haley Atwell. Oh, believe me, I've met her. <laughs> believe me. She's just as lovely in person. Smells good, too. <laughs> the smell is important. We'll talk about the that The smell later. is important. It really is. 11 episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It expands the gambit from episode six, the infamous turn, turn, turn episode where you had Hydra appear not only in the Winter Soldier or, yeah, Winter Soldier, but also here in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And he went all the way into the end of season four. And then lately, which is very applicable to this episode, which is why I'm talking about it, four episodes of Chicago Med and seven episodes of Chicago PD. So Vincent has a storied and historic background directing that was very applicable to this episode. Oh, I get what you're saying. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah, Chicago. Yes, Chicago. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but everything else too. Yeah. I mean, he did some amazing stuff. It was written by David Simpkins, 24 directing or writing credits since 1968. Yes, I said that. 1968. Only most three episodes of Lois and Clark, the new adventures of Superman, one episode of Dark Angel, three episodes of Roswell, six episodes of Charmed, the first one, not the second one, one episode of Blade the series, one episode of Human Target, and two episodes of Power. So David's been around for a minute and has done some stuff. It was also co written by Benjamin Rabb, who has 10 writing credits since 2007. This was on the earlier side for him, but 25 episodes of Afterworld. 17 episodes of Warehouse 13, so we're going to be running into Mr. Rab quite a bit in the future. Four episodes of The Flash. I've talked about him before on Arrow. Four episodes of that. I used to do this podcast called The Starling Tribune. And two episodes of the newer Quantum Leap. So we have a team here behind the camera that was really, really good for episode two, which is why I think, and we haven't talked about it yet, but I think it was a good episode. Yeah, definitely. I liked it. I liked it. So, did y'all notice who the FBI agent was? Yeah. Which one? Which one of the tie guys uh, are you talking the one about? Sean no, not the tie guy. The main person. The one Sean pissed off. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, the legs. Mm-hmm. The legs. Yes. Legs. Yes. So, I wonder, was this before or after Battlestar? It's after. This is 2009. Yeah, this I is after. When Battlestar came out. Battlestar ended in the spring of 2009. Oh, so she went from one to the other. It was nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as soon as she walked in, I was like, ooh, six. <laughs> I know that one, yeah. I thought it was a, a great... I liked how the first episode, it didn't take long, but the first episode, Micah's very uptight. The second episode, you see her start to become a little bit more playful with Pete, a little bit more trusting. Every time she swats his arm, you know, they're being playful with each other. That's more like what partners are trying to do when they learn when they start learning each other. So it didn't take it only took one episode. I don't blame Pete for flirting with Trisha Helfer, aka Agent Bonnie Bletsky, because anybody would have. I mean you would have. I would have. I mean you can't blame him. I wouldn't. Carolyn wouldn't. <laughs> but I'm the odd man now. Technically I don't like blondes much, but I, I probably would have yes yes i mean between her and starbuck that series was smoking hot with talent 
and looks. Most definitely. She was a model before this whole thing. Mm -hmm. If I'm not mistaken, I might be. I don't know. I'd have to look it up. I I, I liked Gracie Park, too. Oh, yeah. She was nice. Whole series. They're all great. With Battlestar Galactica. But we're talking about here, Warehouse 13. And let's talk about some of the artifacts really quick. The cam camera. Camera Lewis. No, no, no. The what I'm no, trying to the, say the is mirror. Yeah. Carol mirror. Lewis. Oh, Carol Lewis. The Lewis Carol. There, I'll help you out. Lewis Carol. Thank you. Thank you. Which comes into play in another episode. A great episode. Yes, it's the Lewis Carol mirror from Alice in Wonderland. Yes. Yeah, Lewis Carroll is the author pen name. And he wrote History. Alice's Adventure, uh, Adventures in Wonderland and Through the Looking Glass. I mean, two mm-hmm. different works there. See, people can't see how excited that makes me. But again, you have steampunk, you have history. There's a history lesson in every freaking episode. It's a true thing. True person, true story. Now, of course, what they make up with it in the episode is whatever. But yeah, it was it was cracking me up how Pete was battling himself with this ping pong table and then his he must have like eddie mcclintock himself must have had like a bunch of fun playing the mirror end of his uh, himself and like picking on him like oh you have such a hoarded bag oh you poor (laughs) little thing i'm like good god he must have had so much fun playing that other side picking on himself it was just funny have you met him before Uh, you have yes i have he is so energetic when you're at a con That he is always the first one up off the stage and running around the, in the crowd and hugging people. And I mean, he's so energetic that he brings the whole atmosphere together. Kind of like a John Barlman. He's the same way. Oh, yeah. I've met him, too. He definitely is. <laughs> he got it. You know what, Star Pie? Remember that time I got you the autograph from Arrow? Steven? Yep. Yeah, it's right up here, actually. It's in the panel up here. The day I got that, I was also in line for Lucy and Renee O'Connor, right? For Lucy Laws. And they were like in, like two tables down. And John Barman and Stephen Amell were on the other. And apparently it was Stephen's birthday that day. And John got up on the table and started doing a strip dance for him. Let me tell you the crowd that was in there. But way in the back, you could, I could see how beat red Stephen's face was it was kind of funny but that's just how flamboyant john barrowman is it's kind of, he's awesome but i can totally i want to see him and eddie mcclintock together oh my gosh that would be a <laughs> high energy moment yeah yeah i have not met john but i've been in the same room as john at a panel at a con and yeah he, he dudes high energy so and high energy it doesn't matter what panel what con you're at he's just so high energy he's just one of those yes. people that have energy 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 That's how eddie I is hate to be around him because you know he's got to have a down moment you know he's not on 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 all the time so i would hate to be around him when he's down kind of a robin williams sort of thing there but when he's on he's on can you imagine the parties? That bitch of the party people, him and Eddie together. That'd be fun. It would. It would be a ton of fun. And I think Eddie played with a lot of the cast and the guests that came on here. That's a wonderful thing about this show is you do get a lot of guests. You don't have like Star Trek, Strange New Worlds. You have a main core of casts and you get maybe one or two guest stars an episode. This is kind of the reverse. You have like 
five main cast, and then you get a bunch of, a bunch guest, of guest stars. Yeah, that come in. Like in this episode, we had, of course, Trisha Helfer. You had John Evans as Eric Marsden. You had the bank teller as Carly Street. She looked familiar. She's been in a few things throughout the years. I was like, trying to figure out who she was because I'm like, God, her face is so familiar. <laughs> I went back into her IMDb and she's got like one or two episodes, really good series here and there. She's not, she might be one of the people that like play a character for a little bit and then wants to move on to the next thing because she's really good on camera. I can't imagine somebody not wanting to have her around for a while. I tell you what's cool about having all the guest stars on Warehouse 13. And because we talked about this before, it's filmed in Toronto. But do you remember the days of Stargate, obviously, right? How there was so many people that would guest star on Stargate because that's where a lot of a lot of sci-fi was filmed at the time in Vancouver before it went to Toronto. But you're like, hey, I know the person. I know the person. I've seen that face. And I mean, it's just... Just like X-Files. You had X-Files was filmed in, in Vancouver also. So, I mean, you would see all these faces and, and they were all the community of, of like sci-fi people that would rotate. So there's a lot of people on, on Warehouse 13s like, that you're going to see throughout the season uh, series. They were definitely taking advantage of the cast on hand and sci-fi might have just offered it to different people and say, hey, we got the series. Are you interested in doing it yeah, as a cameo? To bridge your work into something else as you're looking for something else. Because I think Trisha Helfer was on a couple of actual series after Battlestar Galactic. I don't remember what they are off the top of my head. But she was like a a detective, I believe, on one of the series. I think she was in Lucifer, wasn't she? I didn't watch Lucifer, but I think she was in Lucifer. So anyway, I I was just dovetailing on the... The fact Shannon said that they were there so they get to use them. And I, I think right. it worked out well for Warehouse 13 and Eureka. Mm-hmm. Oh, Eureka. Yep. Hmm. That's some great crossovers right there. Yes. <laughs> well, we got a Kodak moment, literally. Literally. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I want to know whose camera that is. So you see throughout this series, too, that Artie gets to use artifacts whenever he wants to use them or is convenient that he needs to use them wherever he's going. And this is one of those moments where he takes a camera and literally makes somebody turn into a black and white. What? (laughs) 2D model of themselves. It's funny how Artie has like a Mary Poppins bag. He does. There's, he has a Mary Poppins bag. There's, there's yeah, all these he things just hides he's all out. kinds of things in there. He's like, oh, no, no that's, that, that's my lunch. But yeah, so. I, yeah, so I, I want, they never said whose camera it is. And I was really curious as to whose camera that was that he took that picture with. But yes, he literally said, Kodak moment. Long ago, it's been, when I say long ago, I mean, when, when this show was still in its heyday, there was a website out there that you could, go and you can look at all of the artifacts that this episode's had. It's probably going to take a little digging to find, but but each one of them. I mean, you could even still, like on Redbubble, there I am plugging it again, right? On Redbubble, you can find Warehouse 13 shirts, and they have different artifacts on it. I need those shirts. There's still a fan wiki out there for Warehouse yes. 13, so you can go and look a lot of these artifacts up and the history behind the artifacts. And whether it's show history or not. So it is out there, but it's not exactly the top of everyone's search list. I can find it. I'll find it. <laughs> Shannon could find it. I can find anything. 
One other person that I have to mention because I love them is Lindy Booth. She played the, well, the receptionist at the music place, but she's also the daughter that we find out. This is the daughter because she was in Librarians. And I really loved her character in Librarians. So I really liked she's in this one too. Librarians? Yeah, I've never watched it. It's a good series. And so I really like it. Does she wear perfume in Librarians too? I don't remember. Okay. But that's funny. <laughs> Librarians came in after Warehouse 13, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. And it was actually filmed in Portland. Before it went crazy. Okay. <laughs> no, it's always been crazy. It's always been it's, crazy. It's gotten worse. It's gotten worse. Uh, I feel like Librarians was like, that had um, the girl John Eller, John Strange New Worlds. Yes, it does. I cannot believe I just went blank on it. See, I'm looking at your face. It's you went blank too. <laughs> I never watched it. I don't know who you're talking about. Rebecca. Yes, Rebecca Romaine. Never Una. Strange it's New Una. Worlds. Yeah, I've watched Strange New Worlds, but I've never watched Librarian, okay. so I didn't know Librarians Una was in. has Rebecca. Has Romaine? Una in it. Yeah. All right. Well, that's a must watch now. <laughs> She's the guardian of the warehouse. I always felt like it was way too much and he copied like Warehouse 13. So, no. That's cool. I'll, I don't, I'll have to I, get that Well, a try. maybe that's why I watched it because it reminded me of yes. Warehouse 13 and I loved Warehouse 13 so much. But I really liked the Noah Wiley mini series too that he did that was Librarians. So, once there was like a show, I was like, ooh, I'm watching this. Plus, I also like, I think his name is Christian Kane. He and Dean Devlin work a lot with a lot of other things. Like, How do I know that name? Dean Devlin. Christian Kane. Do you watch Leverage? Or I've actually been watching Leverage and it's actually pretty good. So name recognition, not there for Shannon, but face recognition there for Shannon. Yes. Look. It's my line of work. I have, I know names, but I just can't remember who they are. So you but need you to show me a face. Have cardboard cutouts of all these people so you can. <laughs> yes. Kodak moment. And I can do it. Definitely a Kodak moment. So moving on with the artifacts, we also didn't see on screen, but we got a mention with the Mary Queen of Scots croquet mallet. Yes. Made from a petrified narrow whale's horn. That was so funny. Tell me something I don't know. Up until like a couple of years ago, I didn't even know those things are real. Michaela's like, yes, mom, they're real. I'm like, what? That's really a, a, an animal? A narwhal? Yeah. yeah. It's a whale that's got a really long tooth. They used to call it a unicorn. That's <laughs> one of the unicorns. There's so many jokes. That's okay. No whale geek. If whale geek. Kayla told you that Bigfoot and the Loch Ness Monster were real, would you believe her then? No, it took many pictures of me searching it my own, on my own. <laughs> I see. I believe her. She's 13. She's motivated by food. No. Uh-huh. And then, of course, we have a brand new artifact. It's Eric Marsden's music, the key to the human heart. That was actually a really pretty tune. I liked the tune that it was. It was uh, when you heard it. So I really liked the, the music. I like how Micah figured it all out. Well, of course she figured it all of out. Of course she did. Micah. It's Micah. Although it was Pete that figured out the person because she smelled perfume. the way the other perfume. lady smelled. Oh my gosh. The, the one-liners and the puns and everything in this episode, I was laughing so hard. You know, just the little things that were like, 
when the FBI lady gets spanked and told to share <laughs> and then and then Pete's like, let's strike while the butt is hot. Okay, they did a little slap. Yep. See, that's what I'm saying. You, you start seeing the camaraderie that um, Pete and Mike are starting to develop. The playfulness. And yeah. you're starting to see how they start to trust each other. Because even when he's sitting in the car with the FBI agent and she's trying to give dirt on Micah, he still's like, yeah, whatever. Everyone has their bad days. Butt. <laughs> yeah, everyone has her bad days. I got to trust her because I got to go. I like the relationship they have. You touched your boobies. Huh? Yes. <laughs> you, you touched, touched your, boobies? your boobies. That was a nice one. I can tell you, I'm going to tell you this now, and I'll tell you again later when we get to it. For all my Warehouse 13 people out there, because we had a lot of traffic on my, on my Cypher Girl. I hated last season. We're going to get there because they changed the dynamic of Pete Micah from Best Friends to Lovers, and I'm like, poo-poo on you. I'm just saying it now, and I'll say it again later because what the heck? That was not how they're supposed to be. So I, we'll come back to that. All right. We've got many, <laughs> many months before we get there. All right. I created a new category for this. You know, we were talking about, and you kind of mentioned it already, the tools that he gets to use that might not necessarily yes. be artifacts. He used a cipher. I don't think that cipher is an artifact. That was so cool. It was like a steam. <laughs> it's steampunk. Steampunk cipher. Yes. So I took a note on that, too, because I was like, ooh, a steampunk cipher. That's cool. <laughs> so do either one of you know yet? What If you watched it, do you remember who's coming? Who's who's? Yes. Yeah. So I'm telling yeah, you, you want to talk about one liners? That woman has them. She does. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I can't wait for all of those. And she has the best memes are out there from her character. I don't even know if she was cast at this point, especially since the vision that Artie saw was not of her, but it yeah. mentioned her. So I don't think she was cast at this point. I can't remember, but, and even then she was only supposed to be cast for a couple episodes. We'll get to that. We're not leaving everybody hanging, but at this point in time, you don't know who the hacker who is, but it turns out to be a main character, so we'll go on there. And also, you guys were talking about Micah. She's a badass and everything. The alley fight, she proved. I mean, it was kind of weak with the you know the, the actual camera work and everything, but she proved she was a badass. She took on three of them and actually captured one. I think that's pretty good. Got some boobies. Yep. <laughs> you know it. She, and she doesn't have a problem chasing the chat. Micah's my girl. I need to find a Micah. I mean, like, a Micah. Not so much a Joe and Kelly, but a Micah. That's what I want. You know, Elon Musk is working on that right now. I don't know what you're talking about, but I'll take it. When he gets it done, I'll take it. <laughs> okay, no. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> An AI replacement, you know, Android AI. You can recreate people that way, especially if it's a character on a show, not the real but person. What can they do for you? Well, I think that's something Sean could talk about on one of his other podcasts. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't want that kind of conversation. I just want to know what a Micah AI could do for me, because then it might be worth investing in. I think it, anything you want the entity to do. Uh-huh. Oh, well. Anything. Wow. 
See, now you're getting, now you're like, okay, Sean's not got it so bad. I think this is really. Yeah, I don't need Sean. I need Micah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we, we've established this, right? You guys can buy two. I mean, it's whatever you need, right? Yeah, he could have his, what, Leah, Leah, Leah Thompson? Leah Thompson. Yeah, that was, that was that. Yeah, that's his. Or, or Layla Multipass. <laughs> what are the yeah, other? Yeah, it's Multipass. Lilu. It's Lilu Multipass. Lilu. Lilu. Lilu Multipass. From the film. Multipass. <laughs> that's crazy. That's so much. No, 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 no. It must have been an anniversary of that coming out, like premiering or something, because I saw, like, in the span of two days, so many memes online of that just recently in the past week or so. So, Lilu Multipass. Anyway, so Carolyn's mom has a very important job on this podcast. Ew. <laughs> yeah. She's supplying you with cookies? No, but we are counting the cookies. However, in this episode, there were no cookies. <gasps> I counted no cookies. Actually, I didn't count them eating much at all. There was one scene where Micah was eating a salad, kind of. She had it in front of her. Yeah, she had it in front of her, but she was having discussions with her sister, I think, about her dad. It was. We find out more about her family life in this episode and it comes back around at the end how she really isn't like her dad yeah yeah although i'd never seen that movie so it kind of was lost on me i didn't know the reference but i from her facial expressions i figured out it was not a good thing <laughs> her relationship with her dad <laughs> but yeah there there was no cookies no cookies were eaten in this episode so it was very sad but Pete got to play with his ball. He did. Um, yeah, that was another pun that was very funny when he uh, when he came out to catch the football and Micah was outside and she gets beamed by the football and she says, man, what is it with men and their balls? That's funny. That's funny. It's because, because they, even though he's playing with it, he doesn't even know that it opens yet. He doesn't know that that football is an actual artifact. I think at this point he does because it beeped for his alarm beeped for a reason because he knew he had to go back out and throw it again. I think he's just timed when it comes back on its throw after he's thrown it. I don't know <laughs> as he necessarily knows it's an artifact as much as it takes a long time to get back to him. So he has a timer on his watch when he has to go back out and throw the thing. Yeah, because they don't they don't show you opening it to like the fourth or fifth season. It's later. I don't remember. Yeah. I just thought it was this neat thing he was playing with the whole time. And I didn't make the connection. Yeah. They made the connection in this episode because Artie was actually dealing with the sensing data from it on the computer. They was like, Chicago, yeah. Chicago. Yeah. What's going on with Chicago? And then it's, it's kind of funny with Dickinson, Micah, and Pete's old boss, and then Artie. And they're like mashing heads like, well. That was funny. You can't go into my warehouse 13 and Dickinson's like, well, the Secret Service, buddy, you're not getting along with my my computer. But the two actually work together. Yeah, I liked it. I like Dickinson. You're going to put all that back together, right? I think maybe Dickinson's just as scared as everyone else is as as Miss Fredericks. I love the 2009 viewpoint of what hacking is and how to get back at the hackers. Let's just take apart the computer. And then connect a few leads and, and we can find the hacker that way. <laughs> it's never how that works. Right. 
It's like taking apart software. Well, that's software. how Artie does it. That's not how it works. It's because Artie uses magical artifacts to do it. It's never that way. It's like taking apart software and redoing it. I don't want to do it. No. If somebody's at my desk and my computer's taken apart, I know I'm never going to get that computer back. <laughs> like, just yeah. give me a new one. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. How'd you guys like the ending? Because it was very heartfelt and Micah and Pete had to decide what to do. They knew that there was some criminal activity, but it wasn't in their purview. How'd you like how they handled it? I like it because it it shows the viewers the difference between what they've always been used to and what they're going to have to rain back on. Because now as a warehouse agent, they're not there to bring in criminal charges against anybody. That's not their job. So I think that allows them to have more emotion on particular subjects or, or you know, incidents at the time. They don't, they're, they're not there to arrest. They could call, but they, you know, they didn't even call, they didn't even call the FBI. They didn't even tell them that they had caught it because then they'd have to explain to everyone what they're there for and what they're happy to collect. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I liked I liked how it gave you a more depth to the characters as well, as far as Pete and Micah, to give you more of a, well, you know, this really isn't our purview, and all she really wanted was her dad back. And, you know, if the FBI find him eventually, at least between the time of then and now, she'll have more time with her dad back that she really wanted anyway. And, you know, her dad doesn't have that much time left. So I think it was, I liked how they did that so that there was that time that she could have because the FBI will probably find him eventually, but it's not their job to say who's the person that stole stuff. They just were there for the record to snag it, bag it, and tag it. So I liked, I liked how they did that. And then they had the ending of her calling and talking to her dad to try to Reconcile. It was that moment that she ran back out to the car and called her dad. Yeah. So I, I like those depth moments that they give characters at that point in time because you really get that heartfelt moment in that in that moment. Oh, speaking of her dad, in the ne- in the next episode or whenever when we see him going back to talking about guest stars, he also was from Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, the guy with Patch. But did you know that in real life, the people that played Micah's parents in real life, they are the San Marino's parents? I did not. No, I did not. See, that's what you had me around for. What did you think about it? About the entire episode? Or? Yeah. Well, the ending. The ending. Well, you, you know, we gave yeah. ours, so I, <laughs> I wanted th- to know what you thought. I think it was very heartfelt. I think... You've got, see, the thing is that they're both law officers and they know that the bank robbery was bad. And there's this whole mindset out there of if you do no harm to anybody else and it's just this major corporation, you can go ahead and steal. In essence, you're stealing from people when you do that. So I don't particularly care for that mindset. But they were fighting against a system at a time where there was a great recession. If you guys don't remember, in 2008, there was a big recession. Matter of fact, 
it was almost a another depression so yes there was this mindset with the writers at that time so i can kind of see where they were coming from so to speak and they didn't have any guns with them all they had was this artifact and this coat with speakers in it right so okay this is kind of cool but you do harm people when you get to that because you're harming the bank and then they have to carry more insurance so your fees in the bank go up i mean people don't think about the long-term things of this that i didn't like it's just the suspending of disbelief basically that what do you think they did with the money well they bought his stuff yeah they bought all his they're buying off his okay that's what i thought to bring him to bring eric out of his depression back so his daughter can spend some months with him at the end so yeah that was was pretty cool oh no i like the episode what was your favorite part again i I like how you're starting to see micah and pete form not only a friendship but a partnership that they can trust each other with yeah because there's that time when uh you know they're sitting at that table and micah goes well did you get a vibe? And Pete's like, no. I said, well, then I tr- don't trust your vibe. I trust him. yours. Yep. <laughs> Carolyn, what was your favorite part? Oh, I don't know. I mean, there were so many fun parts, especially when like Micah was talking to Artie and Artie was like, that's not your boss anymore. This is, I'm your boss. Don't talk to you. All your, all your old contacts are dead now. You can't contact them because they'd gone to their old boss to get the FBI to share so that she could figure out how these bank robbers were doing things and already spouting off after that about, I can't remember what it was, but he was spouting off trying to find this person who was hacking into the warehouse. And uh, she's looking at the camera and seeing someone on their phone. And he says, Artie, Artie, shut up. There's a guy on his phone. I think is there is there a way I can get what was on that phone? And he's like, we have ways. She's like, he's an ear witness. And these things that just come out, they make me laugh because they're like an <laughs> ear witness. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I guess you could testify. You heard it something. Yeah. So you know, then then you hear you know how they and <laughs> Pete's like, I don't want to know how he got that. I just know that he got that. <laughs> I like how quick. <laughs> Micah and Artie are back and forth with each other. Mm-hmm. Like Pete is always like left in the dust because he's never read the manual, and it's like over and over again. You know, Micah has read the manual because that's the kind of personality she is. But he doesn't read it. He doesn't care to. He he allows them to do everything for him. But he's like, what's wh- what's going on? I'm lost. But I like how how Micah and Artie can just feed off each other, and they keep going faster, even though she's not really aware of it of who he is and that comes in a later episode where she doesn't really trust him yet but they'll get there on that one too but I like how she's like will you shut up do I have your attention now because I'm trying to do my job too Uh, I also like in the beginning where oh what's the gal that does the B&B what's her name Lena 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 thank you Lena comes in and you know he's smacking the monitors around because they're they're not working right and she's like does corporal punishment work for monitors as well? <laughs> Electronics? Yeah, and, then, and then she's like, how are you sleeping, Artie? He's like, I'm not. She's like, yeah, I can tell. Your aura looks like hell. He's like, well, then stop looking. <laughs> so my question to that is, what kind of corporal punishment has Lena been talking about? Or been doing? Or been 
smacking artifacts around. I (laughs) I mean, we find out later that Lena's got a very dark side to her. Yes. But we don't find that out for a while. And you never would have guessed it. Like that, that really, when that happened, that totally surprised me. I was like, wait, Lena? No way. I mean, you figure out why, but I was, yeah, that, that caught me by surprise. She released my girl. (laughs) (laughs) But I didn't say nothing. Okay. (laughs) Whenever you get Artie out of the warehouse, he is so awkward. He's just, and I don't know if it's, uh, it's probably a combination of of the, yes, that, and then the fact that he's secluded into the warehouse because He's got this immense job trying to take care of all this to make sure that the world doesn't end. And the combination of the two just aren't great for him. He's, I mean, he's a very dedicated person, he's very dedicated to what he's doing and to the protection of everything and to make sure all these artifacts are found, cataloged, and then put in the warehouse. But he needs a little bit more people interaction, I think, in his life. I tell you, Meeting Saul, when you see him in person, he's talking about all the dialogue that he has to not only learn, but his character speaks fast all the time. And he, I remember him saying at a con one time about how that was the hardest thing because they kept telling him to speed it up, speed it up, speed it up. Because he has to act like he's on the go so much like he's constantly, oh, I know what you're talking about. And that was a struggle for him to learn how to, to speed up his process of talking all the time. I think as he has more interaction with everybody, Pete, Micah, and you know later on, he gets a little better at people peop- at peopling. Peopling, but he's really not good at peopling in the beginning. So when he goes out, it's kind of like, oh, Artie, you you need you need more more time. You you yeah. We learn later that he really wasn't supposed to be the leader of the warehouse. He was just like the last man standing, so to speak. So he's the reluctant leader of, well, you have the most experience, so right. there you go. Well, it's because all the other agents he worked with have died or gone crazy, which is one of the taglines that they always talk about. You know, you're either going to, that's how you're going to go. You're either going to die or you're going to go crazy. Or your time will stop. Yeah, that, that's a fear later on that Micah has. But so reluctantly, he had to step in because this, because Mrs. Frederick needed somebody, which, you know, She's kind of the one, the last one standing too, kind of. I do enjoy the way that Pete is integrating himself into the situation because he's using the artifacts to work out. He's throwing the football, just leaning into, okay, well, this is a thing. I'm going to do this thing sort of thing. So he's just running with it and he's not getting any negative vibes basically. And maybe his intuition is is telling him to embrace it. and. He's just having fun. And that's Eddie. And that is Pete. I think that's more his childlike inner inner balance happening there because he wants to play with everything. Yeah. He broke a record because they were in, you know, talking to the record store and Pete picks up a record (laughs) and he drops it and you just hear crash. And I'm like, yep, Pete's playing with things, broke another thing. You realize that wasn't a record store. That was like uh, supposed to be a major record company. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah, it was a major record company, but that's where they stored it all because this was before you know you'd store anything digitally or anything like that. So Pete picks up one, like Pete touches everything, everything, and then all of a sudden you just hear crash. You're like, ah, oh, it's Pete. like taking the toddler. <laughs> you can everywhere. see, you can 
you can feel Micah in the background of that, that and she's just like, dang it, Pete, I can't take you anywhere. <laughs> yeah. You also get uh, Jeff Canning, right? He was the, the guy of Wind City Records or whatever the company was called. You actually saw him like wince, right? So it wasn't like he was ignoring. He's like, okay, I can't do anything about this right now. You guys are federal agents. Just get out of here. Just don't do any more damage. (laughs) Will you stop touching things? He never stops. I I think, and we'll we'll talk about that later on, but there's an episode. I can't remember what season or the name of it because I watched this series so many times that it all blurs in together for a while. But there's an episode where he, they're in like a, a ship museum. You remember that one where he's like touching everything and he's like doing the typewriter and, and then they're talking on the Fonsworth and he drops cheese and he looks it off the Fonsworth. I think that's my favorite episode where you see Pete. He touches absolutely everything. And he gets he gets he gets whammied, right? And Artie's like, Well, what's the last thing he touched? And Mike's like, It's Pete. He touches everything. So we've seen the two hour pilot and we've seen this episode. Has it gotten better? Between the two, has it gone uphill? Are they about the same? I think it's gone up. Yeah, I think it's gone up. I think because the characters, you're starting to get into the characters, you know, they're starting to loosen up. So you're getting more of what this is going to be like. So I think it's it's getting better and fun to watch. Because, well, at least for me, because I, I like all the funny one-liners that they usually have in these things. When I started counting them on the second watch that I did, I was like, oh my gosh, these are hilarious. And they just keep getting better. Again, going back to the dynamic between the relationship, she's no longer like a stick in the mud at the moment. So she's actually someone that he can enjoy talking with. And I can tell you from personal experience, who've worked armored for many, many years, when you are that close to somebody that you're spending 10 to 12 hours a day, and I'm like, me personally, I was in a van. They didn't have Rodell windows, so you're like two feet apart all day long. But you have to learn to have that trust with each other. And I think that's what they're finally starting to get. You're starting to get it. You're starting to see it already in the second episode. So I think that is what makes it keep going up. So you're saying that Micah's panties are starting to get a little bit unbunched? They're unbunched at the moment. <laughs> they're a little bunched up on Artie, but they're starting to get unbunched with Pete. <laughs> but wait till HG comes in, then you know, never mind. Right. What, uh, <laughs> what was your favorite part, SP? Well, my favorite part was Artie with the... Uh, uh, so okay. when he was in the Dickinson's office and he's taking the Farnsworth call, and he's like, just don't, just don't. <laughs> just don't pay attention to me <laughs> he goes off takes the call and you know takes the bag you know dick is i mean this is the head of a secret service department right and they're noticing things so he takes the bag and he takes the the farnsworth and he calls and dick is now he knows he's talking to micah right and then he asked a very you know astute question how are they doing he's like they're driving me nuts and he's like i know they're painting my butt <laughs> yeah so yeah, that was uh, the the Artie not being capable of operating outside of the warehouse with other people, sort of thing. Yeah, it's as he sits down to uh, have his thirty minutes with the computer, and then Dickinson's like, "Don't you want to find Micah's cell phone?" Oh, oh yeah, I got to do that. Like when I look at Artie, I can totally see him playing like in the Wizard of Oz, the man behind the curtain. That's what I see Artie as. 
He's like, just, just, just ignore the curtain. Just ignore me standing here. Just close it. In another time, in another universe, he would have been the wizard. Yeah. He would have yes. been the wizard. Yep. Well, we have an important announcement, if you haven't figured it out already, is that unfortunately these episodes just overnight, last night, like within the past 24 hours, are no longer available to watch free anywhere right now until they're picked up by somewhere because they left Freevee, which is Amazon Prime's free broadcast with commercials. And we're going to have to pay for the episodes from now on because there's literally nowhere else. I've checked everywhere, at least for now. There is You'll nowhere you can get them for free. I've got the DVD box sets. I was going to say Shannon won't have to pay for them because she paid for them when it after it came out on DVD. See, like <laughs> we're so old school. I've got the box sets. <laughs> so I'm talking to our listeners <laughs> that might be, oh, I want to check this out. So, yeah, you can buy them on Apple TV Plus or iTunes or whatever you do over there for Apple. You can buy them on Prime. You can probably buy them wherever you can get TV episodes, whether it's Vudu or whatever. But the two main places that I would recommend would be Apple or Prime. And then you can buy the box sets right now. They're available for about $55 for the whole series. And that's what? a deal compared to what you can get digitally. Okay, that makes me feel old. Yeah, they're going to run at about $25 for a digital season. You're talking about $25 for the entire season. Do you remember? I know you do. Walking into like Best Buy and spending like $70 for a box set. I have so many of like Stargate. I have actually, I have, I found a deal one time when I was pregnant with Michaela. I found the entire SG-1 series for $150. That was a steal, right? Back in the day, we had this store called Media Play around here, and they had wall-to-wall VHS tapes. This is taking oh. it way back there. And it was the yeah. only place that I could find some anime series stuff. And you could get four episodes on a VHS because at the slow speed, they could run for two hours, right? So you could get four half-hour episodes <laughs> on them for $25. And that's it. <laughs> and the whole series was like 85 episodes. So... Yeah, Oof. you were spending a little cash to. That's a lot. You just brought back some memories there. I could tell you how many episodes of Xena and how many tapes I went through, how many VHS tapes I went through. I had a whole shoebox after shoebox after shoebox of Xena because you can't see it, but I have the entire Xena DVD set up there because of you. Because of me? Yeah. Why me? Because we were talking, you were talking about it in Voices of Defiance so much. I'm like, okay, I'll watch it. Look. Man, I haven't watched that in forever. It's campy as hell, but it's it's yes. Xena. So, you know, it's Lucy. You gotta watch it. You got to. She might guest star on this at some point in time, too. I think she does. Lucy I Lawless. I think she does. All right. So next time, we're going to be talking about Warehouse... Episode three, magnetism. And that's what we're covering. Any last thoughts, Shannon? <laughs> nope. I'm good. Carolyn? Steampunk. Okay. Yeah, steampunk. Warehouse 13. No, just uh, eagerly watching some great sci-fi that we just don't get anymore. I'm loving that we're I going back it. and watching some good sci-fi that we just it's good i mean i totally miss it just i mean it and eureka that was some good stuff and we just don't get 
that stuff, that kind of stuff anymore. It's it's sad. Well, that- I mean, it depends on what you call good. We got the expanse. That was phenomenal. That was phenomenal. I yes, I have to say that was. But that was also started on sci-fi and they. There's foundation that's on Apple. I have to watch that still. Yeah, it's good. Okay, it's on the list. Here's how you know that the stuff in the early 2000s were good, right? How many of these do you have on box set or would have bought box sets if you could find it? The alphas. Well, I refuse to watch alphas anymore just because, and I don't necessarily. I mean, I might place blame with the showrunner, but the cliffhanger ending, just, I, oh. I can't do that. I'm talking Torture. about the show in general. All right, Carolyn, continue. Uh, I have the DVDs of that. Thank you very much. Yes. That knocked <laughs> that it out of the park. an amazing show. Yes. Absolutely. And the cast and meeting, actually meeting Simon Barry was amazing. And his wife, she, yes. you know, she's directed several episodes of Star Wars. She did. Simon Barry's wife? Yes. Jacqueline. Her name is Jacqueline. She is remember just what episodes, really nice. Because there's been a bunch of, there's the Mandalorian, there's the Book of Boba Fett, Obi-Wan. I know she did Obi-Wan. Okay. But I mean, she has some serious director's cred to her name. Her name is Jacqueline. She's on Twitter. She's on X. Oh, what fine. X. Whatever. Stupid, but whatever. But meeting, just meeting the cast and being able to meet, I think ma- meeting those people and then, you know, resurrecting the show from the and getting that last little season just made that show okay. even better for me. I mean, I still talk to a lot of friends, probably some that are listening to this podcast because I've sent it to all of them. <laughs> I know all your friends. Yeah. It- <laughs> And uh, I, and I still work. talk to them because of the show, because of that show continuum. Okay, so like, I met you through Defiance. Yes, I met both of you through Defiance. Through Defiance. Mm-hmm. I I like the new version of a Bionic Woman. Oh, I forgot about that. That I thought that was cool, which also still has Katie Sackhoff in it. I'm very proud to know that Firefly never got touched by the DiFi, but Firefly is still awesome because it was Fox, right? Remember, Fox canceled it. Yeah. Didn't even know what they had until they canceled it. Showed it out of order. Yeah. I know. And it's still amazing. I tell you, one time, a couple years ago, before, before one of the characters in real life already passed away. I can't before? Remember. That's a character on Star Trek. Before. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. The guy that played Booker or Book. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he's passed away. But yes. the year before he passed away, all of the cast reunited a Firefly at the Dallas Comic Con. And there was 78,000 people there that weekend to see the cast. Well, it was fans before there was social media that got Serenity. They literally wrote letters, actual like handwritten letters into the network to say, make this movie and they sent like money in the mail like before social media was a thing and you could tweet at people to save things i'm not gonna say that they did that also with um the ending for farscape 
they had to go out and they didn't like it and they in the fans five seasons in a movie right in the movie yeah. I, the yeah. peacekeeper wars right yeah the they had to wars. do that to, in order to get the movie back because they, they didn't loved farscape. farscape farscape was another one and as soon as ben browder came on to stargate one i was like oh yes. and then they had claudia black too and i was like it was my far, my farscape people i was so confused at what happened at that point because i was really wasn't paying attention to the behind the camera sort of stuff season eight ended of stargate sg1 it ended it was a good ending and then all of a sudden wait we're we're doing this again but where are everybody so they had to get the team back together they had to create a new team because some of the team wasn't available going on like richard dean anderson didn't want to continue that's really why the show ended and i don't think they could have afforded him either because of the sag rules if you're on a show for eight seasons, you get X amount of increase over your original pay and they just couldn't afford them anymore. So there was that. And he was, he was a little bitter at the end there and it came out in some of his later performances. He's fine with the whole thing now, but so you had that change, which was very difficult for me to stomach because I didn't know what was going on. You had the Gould, and then all of a sudden you had this new enenemy, the Ori. Yeah. Like, what happened? Yeah. I wasn't, I never really liked the Ori story. I didn't, I don't know. That was just not, I didn't like that story very much. They were much, just but. following the money train, really. That's all sci-fi I, yeah. was doing. As, as much as the behind the scenes that you were paying attention to, I liked the addition of having Claudia Black and Ben Brother. I thought they did okay. And I'm happy that they brought them okay. together. They did great. Um, yeah, great. I'm glad that they brought them together because Claudia Black, oh my goodness, who knew such an amazing comedic actress? Oh man, she cracked me up. I loved her character. And such a difference from the one that, you know, that, that was on Farscape. So, right. you know, just, just to see those differences, you're like, oh my gosh. That's a poster I need, Aaron, soon. <laughs> yeah, I could see you wanting that poster. <laughs> yeah. To go back to my original question i was telling you guys as i'm naming off these series right you still have plenty of people out there that's still watching and that still loves these series just the series that i just named you know all of them we've all watched stargate we've all watched continuum dark matter Dark matter. matter, they did amazing on. So I, robbed. I got Urgh. very frosty. And I know that this is a polarizing thing. I know specifically there's one person that's listening to this podcast that disagrees with me, is that I think Dark Matter should be should have been kept and Killjoys should have been canceled. I think sci-fi should have done that, but they I did agree. the exact different. Yeah, I think Killjoys had run its course. I mean, I'm glad that Killjoys got an ending, but what I was really bitter about was they gave Killjoys an ending and Dark Matter nothing. Like, okay, if you're going to give yeah. give them both an ending, why why do you why, why are you screwing up my sci-fi? I love Killjoys and I love the people that I could talk to from Killjoys. The actors and stuff were quite, you know, they would reply and stuff, but I was so I almost did not want to watch the last season of Killjoys because they killed off my dark matter. And I was like, dude, if you're going to give one an ending, give the other one an ending, too. I know Just it was rude. such a cliffhanger and there was nothing. A little bit. I will blame the showrunners because they were just assuming in a lot of cases, alphas dark matter they were just assuming we're going to get another season because they had all the indications that we're going to have another season. 
Well, they had huge ratings too. I get that. But on the other hand, you have to be prepared for, let me give the audience something so that they'll want to watch this in the future. Like if it ends poorly, like alphas, I've, I'm never going to want to go back and watch alphas ever I feel that. because of the way in it. I feel that because mm-hmm. one of my other favorite shows, one on Earth, right? It got five seasons, but they worked so hard to get the fourth season. The fans had to rally against it and come up with the, with the funds and they helped to get that, that season back because it was on a cliffhanger at the end of season three. So by the time that they finally got a fifth season, the showrunner there, she's like, you know what? We're going to marry these two because if they didn't do it, then you would have been canceled. And it'd be just like the other shows we're watching where you don't have, you have a cliffhanger and you never have an ending to what the fans deserve because the fans worked so hard to get that extra season. So they gave us a way hot wedding, which it would have never happened if they would have waited and just expected to get a next season because we never got, we never get we didn't get one. I said fifth season. Fourth season. Either you two watch 12 Monkeys? I did not. I haven't. Oh, I it's keep so telling, good. Everybody keeps telling me I need to watch 12 Monkeys. It's, it's on the list. So, Just, But they compare that to another series, which was running about the same time, Helix. Helix had so much promise, and they just fumbled the football with that thing, left, right, and backwards. Helix. Wasn't that the one that was like overly sexualized? There was a virus in, uh, I forget if it was Antarctica or the Arctic, and so they were isolated in there, and they were trying to find out uh, what the virus was and if they could leave, and or if the planet was going to die. Must have been watching something else at that time. And then they went from there to an island, and yeah, it wasn't. It had all the star power to it, and all the acting and the story just was like. Maybe I watched the first episode and went, oh. Yeah, I don't want to do that. But, you know, again, going back to it, you have these great series that we all love that I think at the time, in the mid-2000s, they made excellent TV series. I don't feel like we get all that at the same time anymore. I don't... I don't. Well, and we get a lot less episodes, too. Yes! And they make you wait six months at a time. I mean, look at Star Wars, Star Trek. We're getting what eight, ten. I'm you not ten. Ten, well, nine in a musical episode. You know, yeah. I can't. I don't I, know if I, I can can't. count the musical. Arr. I don't even I've know if I can watch your, it. Like, I saw something about the fact that they're doing it because it was like an experiment gone wrong, and it's making everybody sing, and they have to stop it before it spreads or something. And I'm like, oh, I don't. I'm going to watch it with an open mind because it's Star Trek. I won't. I'll probably watch it with my eyes closed. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way you I can mean, hear the actually, music better, right? <laughs> did you did you guys hear Laon, the gal that plays Laon? Yeah. The single that she did, Two Hearts, after the Tomorrow, 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 that, that single. Did you hear her uh-uh. music? No. She's an amazing singer. She's got a her. beautiful voice. Got, I follow her on Instagram. I'll have to go look for that. Yeah, she, if you... Hold on, I think I have it. I'll tell you what it's called. I watched the musical of Xena because I love Twin Xena. Twin Flames. Twin Flames. Mm-hmm. I'll watch it because I love Xena. I'll watch this one because I love Star Trek, but I really, really, really don't like musicals. Not in TV series. Now, you give me some Mary Poppins and I'll watch it. 
but not in my Star Trek. So now I'm like afraid to watch it because I don't. I don't want to cringe through the entire episode. That's why she yeah. likes Warehouse 13 so much. Is there is not a musical episode? There is. <laughs> oh no. Well, yeah, there is. There's there's tap dancing at the very end. They're singing, but it's not the entire episode. It's the whole showgirl thing going on with with Claudia, which she does an amazing job. She does. She does. By the way, just so we don't get any hate mail, which would be cool to get anyway, because I'm often wrong. Lucy Lawless was not in Warehouse 13. No Lucy so. Lawless guest appearance. However, she did a lot of stuff around that time. She was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. She's in Parks and Recreation, oh, right. famously, yeah, right? So, Battlestar Galactica. Well, and this is after Battlestar Galactica, yeah. Okay. So a lot of stuff. Burn Notice, she was in that. She did a lot of stuff. I think I was thinking of her in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That's probably where I was thinking of yeah, her. Yeah, that was kind of disappointing. It was like one episode, and then she kind of died, yeah. but there was no body, yeah. so you don't know did if she? she really died or not. Yeah. And, now, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is is uh, questionable whether that's canon or not. Anyway, that's, that's a whole subject for another <laughs> podcast that I do called Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. So you can learn all <laughs> about that. that over there. Well, I think we've rambled on a little bit too much. If anybody has any feedback on any of our Warehouse 13 coverage so far, you can send Shannon an email at warehouse13fancast at gmail.com, or you could go ahead and X them on the X Corp social. <laughs> thing that used to be called twitter i spent an enormous amount of time looking at my phone like where did the app go i don't (laughs) (laughs) i'm used to it being blue i'm like it was right here i'm like oh what is this so i haven't been paying attention because i've been working a lot of hours lately so i'm like when did that happen yeah elon musk happened to it all right that's it for this week we'll see everybody next time bye guys bye Thanks for joining us for an episode of the Artie's Attic Warehouse 13 fan cast. You can find all our episodes at warehouse13fancast.com. If you'd like to contact us, you can hit us up on our email at warehouse13fancast at gmail.com. We are a part of the Lone Wolf Podcast Network. You can hear more of this cast and other shows like it by checking out lonewolfpodcasts.com. The intro music is Sci-Fi Hybrid Intro by Soundmake, and the outro music is Science Fiction by tunes to go Both were purchased on Pond5.com. Of course, I did that Friday. I did all of that one day Friday. And then there was no downtime for the weekends because it was all about school, back to school clothing. And when do they go back to school? They go back to school next Thursday on the 10th. Damn, I haven't early. even bought any of the school supplies yet. That is early. So, Michaela, here's a pencil, here's a pen, here's a notepad. Go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll and buy you're it. Off. Like, I've gotten over the years. Starpie, I'm sure you remember this part. You buy the, all these school supplies in bulk. But you get there and they make you put it in the little barrels, but then they don't give it to the kids. So really what you're doing is you're buying for the teacher to supply the class. And I'm like, I call bull****. I'm not doing that again. So I'm like, I'm buying 
you an individual folder and have the color that you need. But everything else, I'm not buying the markers. I'm not buying the expo markers. Somebody else will supply me. it. I'm buying you, you your, <laughs> gotta have like your markers, your glue, all your crap for you. Because I'm not supplying the I'm not supplying the classroom again. It's so much money. So oh it's yeah, like, it's in, it's insane how much they want you know parents to come up with for it's everyone. Like Seventy five dollars per kid. Hmm. So no. But are you about ready to fall asleep there, SP? Well, I you know my daughter's a teacher, and granted it's kindergarten, but one of the things you have to keep in mind is these teachers aren't paid enough to. Oh, I know to give supplies to everybody else. So they're doing the best that they can in oh, I know. trying to equip the classrooms with the kids that are there. So it's a, a cooperate and graduate sort of thing, which I don't agree with, but that's the only way that they know how to do it. I can tell you the crayons are way cheaper than the expo markers that they want in eighth grade. Yeah. Yeah. My mom, I mean, my mom used to be a kindergarten teacher and she, they would not buy like books for the kids to read at story time or anything like that. So my mom had purchased, I mean, literally we still have them in the house, a lot of books for all these kids to read and stuff, but kids would come in with like no manners because they thought that's what kindergarten was for was to learn manners. So these kids were taking all these books that my mom had purchased and ripping out pages or coloring in them or, you know, doing whatever they do at home because they come into kindergarten with no manners. And it's like, she spent her own money doing that. Yeah, you can't touch kids. You can't Smack touch them. them. I'd never I mean, I got teacher. smacked when I was a kid and I turned out fine. I'm a, but I'm you a, can't touch kids no. anymore. I got spankings all the time and look at me now. <laughs> and they weren't even the benefit kind of guy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You love me. Yes. Yes. Yes, we do. <laughs> Didn't even get any of the benefits from it. <laughs> <sighs> this is going to be fun. Yes. He's like, what yeah. the hell have I got see, myself into? See what, what else Carolyn doesn't know. I get it. I know exactly <laughs> okay. what I got into. Somebody wanted to talk about Warehouse 13. So I said, okay, let's do it. And you're like, okay, that sounds good. Let's do it. <laughs> Hear me out. Let me get my. It's not quite as, as fascinating as when I flashed the pizza guy. <laughs> that was always a fun moment. Did, did you ever hear that story? I, I heard it, yes, on I think 80s podcast. Oh, they, oh, they, they mentioned it. I they mentioned it that you. On another yes. podcast. <laughs> To my, oh, I heard it on the 80s podcast. I don't know what the other one was. In my defense, no. I was extremely inebriated. That's we had Sean started said. drink. It was New Year's Eve. We had started drinking before I ate, which was never a good thing. That, yeah, that'll do it. He just kept giving me shot after shot. I had eighteen shots that night. Was it Eric's yeah. wife that you were passed out with? Is that who your friend Eric? My friend Eric and his wife were here. Yeah, she wasn't passed out with me yet, but she. But yeah, well, no, that was Fourth of July. We passed out in the front yard. That was fun. Whole other story, different holiday. <laughs> Oh, but this was, <laughs> I'm conflating the two. So these were two separate things. Okay, that's cool. So this was New Year's Eve. And I, Sean was like trying to feed me pizza because I was leaning up against it between the corner of the wall and the couch. And he was like trying to feed me pizza, right? But that was after. But when the pizza guy showed up, it was daring me to flash, which in reality is no big deal because our porch light A doesn't work. 
we live at a T intersection, so there's really no chance of anybody seeing me, right? Yeah, we're about 12 houses down. All right. So when I did it, not a big deal. Didn't have a brawl on or anything. And the moment I did it, and the moment we opened the door, there's a Domino's pizza. And his eyes get like the size of half dollars. And we <laughs> both looked at each other. We're both shocked. And I just like the little raccoons. I just grabbed the pizza. So there's your tip. <laughs> and I shut the door. So the tip he will never forget. I am and he'll sure. go back and no one, no one will believe that story. So yeah, wait, next pizza. time there's a delivery to your house, he'll be like, I volunteer. I'll go. I'll, I'll go. I'm like, well, if you give me a free pizza, I'll show you. Whatever. I don't mind. Here you go. I ain't shy. Give me some pizza. <laughs> uh, here's your pizza. Did you pay it's for it? No. Okay, fine. It's free. <laughs> There's your tip. Yeah. Yeah. So I moved Taylor into her new apartment yesterday, and she's living with two other girls, and they they're all in the same situation where they have to go six months before they graduate. So all their roommates had left or whatever. So it's three of them. Uh, four and a half year program versus the four year program. So kind of the left behind people. Anyway, so they they found each other and they decided to rent a place together. They had to find a place that would do a six months lease. So they did that. So the, all the parents are there helping them move in. Some of the boyfriends were moving them in. And about halfway through the move in, I'm like, oh, okay. So I wonder uh, what's the refer- brand new place. Nobody had lived in it before. Brand new building. And they were the first ones to live there. So I'm just going through the appliances, like, okay, so what kind of appliances are I put? I open up the refrigerator, and inside the refrigerator, wall to wall, white claws, wall to wall, white claws, like the whole thing. That's so millennial. Those things are nasty. So I was like, who the heck is going to drink all these white claws? And then I heard one of the other girls. All the girls were like, were, were, no, bitching back and forth with her. So her mom had put all the white claws in the refrigerator. I didn't know this. <laughs> The mom had put them all in there. So they're like, yeah, we're definitely going to drink all those right away. Yeah. It's they all had to like work the next day and stuff. So yeah, no, that they, they came out and actual groceries came in, but the, the parents was just kind of cute to me. The other parents were like playing it up like, Oh, our girl's the party girl. And she's like, get that stuff out of there. I got some like <laughs> meat that needs to go in there. They're like, I need the fridge. <laughs> Yeah. My calls are nasty. They don't do anything for you. Not for me. Well, if you drink enough of them, they do. <laughs> uh huh. Oh, it's some other guy at work was because we we complained like, what do white claws do? No, no, we're all older, like thirty five to sixty in my office, and we're all like not getting the whole white claw thing. Well, one of my coworkers, the guy that actually works for me, he's he's complaining about having all these white claws. Well, what am I supposed to do? And we're like, well, just drink them. Like his wife had bought them for a party or something. So he's like, yeah. So after the fourth one, they're not so bad. And after the sixth no. one, you feel kind of good. You can't taste it at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you gross. Then you're like, have some. <laughs> yeah. Here, this stinks. Smell it. <laughs> Man, this really is gross. Here, look. <laughs> what falls? That's so much. Such a such a millennial drink. Yeah, well, with us, it was Zima, right? And Barnum and James, yeah. <laughs> oh, I forgot about Barnum and James. Yeah, <laughs> the first wine cooler. You gotta laugh or you just sit there and cry. So 
It's all funny. You just laugh at yourself. I mean, you didn't see it because uh, he fixed it and you don't listen to the podcast, but the first time he released the podcast, our podcast, he put the Star Trek ending on it. The Strange New World <laughs> ending. Yeah. Because my one of my one of my good friends in Atlanta that I have that I talked to you, uh, I sent it to her and she's like, why is there an ending of Strange New Worlds on your podcast? I'm like, what? And then Is that the one I sent out? Oh, it's yeah, fixed. Well, that Don't was, worry about yeah, it. It's fixed. It's it's fine. Nothing's wrong with it now. But he he realized he oops the day afterwards and and then said, I fixed it. Yeah. And I was like, that's why she was telling me that this is Strange New Worlds. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I was listening to it in the car. I was like, oh, <laughs> and I it just went home and I fixed it. I'm like, okay, it's what well, it I is. I'll start listening to him now, but it's because I'm excited about Warehouse 15. And so he, he does did. a really good job. He doesn't, He I think he does a really good job. He edits it very well. He does. He does it very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> 